Hi everyone, I'm Sam. I'm Erica. Welcome to the Fix Podcast. So this week in local Phoenix events and a little bit of next week as well, uh, first up, join Phoenix-based fine artist Antoinette Colley at her long-lived The Rose That Grew From Concrete art show, a night of new and never-before-seen art, music, spoken word, and roses. This one-time art ex- exhibition hosted by Dion's Wall of Flowers, which is located on 7th Street in Osborne, will take place on September 16th from 6 to 10 p.m. Tickets are $10 for general admission and $25 for VIP admission, which includes a gift bag and a rose. Refreshments will be provided. Crescent Ballroom's old-school 90s R&B and hip-hop dance party is hosting their special event at their newest venue in Phoenix, the Van Buren, on Friday, September 22nd. DJ Slick76 and DJ Mella will be spinning old-school favorites throughout the night. Tickets are just $5 and the show starts at 9 p.m. Go to the Van Buren PHX.com to purchase and check out this new venue. So on today's episode, we're actually not doing too much Phoenix since we pretty much did all Phoenix stuff last week. Uh, we're just going to be talking about the NFL this week, discussing opening night, which seemed to be a bit of a disaster this past Thursday, as well as what's been going on with Michael Bennett and the Las Vegas Police Department. So let's start the show. Did you watch any football Thursday? Um, I did not. Actually, I did watch like five minutes of it. Um, I was watching a tennis match. Which one was it? <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching so much tennis. I don't remember which one was on Thursday, but um, there was a match on that went pretty deep into like the same time that the NFL game was on. It was the Patriots and the Chiefs. And when I cut the game on, it was like the middle of the fourth quarter and everyone was freaking out because I guess the Patriots were losing, which never happens. So um, I haven't watched. That's, I think, the only game like regular season game that's been on to this point. Um, And I only watched a few moments of it. It was pretty much like background noise at that point for me. Um, I was attempting to like get ready for work the next day, make my lunch, clean up the kitchen, all that stuff. So I haven't really watched any football. And today is actually like the first day of like everybody else playing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we'll see. I I don't know how much I'm going to like devote to football because tennis is going to end today, but um, basketball should be back pretty soon. Like within the next, I think there's probably only like five or six weeks until the season's supposed to start, which means training camps are going to start ramping up soon. And then preseason's going to come out. So I don't really have much use for football. Yeah. (laughs) But have you, did you watch anything? (laughs) We recorded and then I went to bed. So I didn't watch anything on Thursday. I know my dad's like really excited for today. I generally am excited for football. I think I'm just too tired today to like really care. But in general, I feel like I just it's the Giants and then who whatever people around them are doing and how it affects them. So I'm definitely interested to see how they do in the first part of the season, especially with OBJ being hurt. So it should be interesting for us. Is he um, out? I mean, he got hurt in the first, like, like one of the preseason games. Yeah, I haven't seen him, like, say anything. I follow him on Instagram. 
for he purely... never says anything <laughs> about football. Like it's it's only like him and his life. And then if it's something about the football season, it's if like he gets backlash for like kicking a yeah. He'll post a lot of, of pictures of himself, like himself in like his uniform yeah. and stuff like that. But he's never. I've never. I don't remember seeing him like address anything. Much, yeah. It's mostly just like a picture of him in his uniform maybe like posing or doing something and then he might have a caption that's like i don't know lyrics from like a future song Lion or something does it. <laughs> yeah. but like he he doesn't say like i'm going to be out or i'll be back right. so i haven't seen that's why i was like oh he got hurt because he Who hasn't knows? said anything yeah. about it and i haven't seen like a lot of outrage the um the main player that i heard of, heard that got hurt on thursday was eric berry i think like towards acl or something Jesus. so he's done for the season which sucks because it seemed like he had a really good game from like what i could see on twitter and just a lot of the discussion that was kind of coming out about it the next day. So I don't know. That sucks for them. He's a really good player and has already dealt with a lot of adversity, having cancer and all of that. So sucks that he got injured on the first night. Um, hopefully it's an injury he can come back from in the next season. And mm-hmm. that really blows. Hopefully OBJ is not injured long term as well. Other NFL news, I did see that there's just a lot of mess going on with Ezekiel Elliott. I know we like briefly discussed it on the show, but there seriously, since we discussed it there, he's been like suspended, like his suspension has been upheld and then it's been reversed and then it's been like, like a stay has been placed on it. So they can't like enforce it, meaning he can play. So I think as of right now, I mean, this could change in an hour, honestly, but I think as of right now, he can play because I last I read something happened in like arbitration or whatever. And they basically said they I think appealed the decision and they said like the NFL can't enforce it right now. So I guess he can play. My big question is like, when did this start with the NFL? When did they begin to their investigations? Because this seems to me like something that's been happening happening for maybe over two years. If I mean, that's to my very like vague knowledge. So maybe longer. And it just it bugs me that this only came out a month before the season started. And the NFL just you can clearly see that they don't even they're not even confident in their own decisions because they can't stick to a decision. And I think that's the major problem that people have with the NFL is that they have really weird you know reasons for suspensions and laws but they can't stick to them or they can like they're too fickle with it so they're too easy to manipulate because the only thing they care about is their pocket so it's just it's like why even have the law anyway why even have that rule because you're not going to even stick to it it's also weird too because they do care so much about money so I'm surprised that they would want to suspend like they would be so harsh in suspending Ezekiel Elliott who's like a really big new name on like the scene in terms of the NFL like young players that are kind of coming up and like really providing a lot of revenue even more revenue putting the Cowboys back in the front in the limelight they're already like a really popular team but now they actually have like really really good players more than just like des bryant they have other players that are like bolstering their offense and like pushing them forward as like an organization and a team that's just going to make them even more money and make them even more popular so the whole ezekiel elliott situation just seems so confusing to me because i never felt like anybody had any facts in one direction or the other like it was just a story and then 
now it was just like, okay, we're just going to completely jump to one side and suspend him for six games. But then, and then like the other side is like, he shouldn't be suspended at all. And so everybody's going on the extremes. And I still just feel like there's no, any sort of like clarity to the situation or any sort of answers for any of the questions. It was just a mockery to the process and to the person, the woman who was involved because we don't know. And that's, we talked about this last time, like there's a lot of victim shaming and maybe, you know, this is a situation where she's 100% right, but we won't know because it's going to be shrouded in all this confusion and drama that the NFL is creating. And they should have used him as an example for enforcing this rule. And if they would have maybe done their due diligence and gone through the court systems and tried to figure everything out without trying to do it with their like two cent Wall Street lawyers and maybe they would have been able to figure it out and give justice to the situation and they would be able to back up their suspension with facts but they didn't do that they didn't bother to do anything they just thought that their like hammer on the table would have been enough to like sentence him and so it just makes the NFL look like just unstable and fickle and just pathetic yeah they would do well to take their time with everything like gather information even if it means having him play for another season yeah just let him play and figure out until you know what's going on from all parties involved you can't do anything it's too much to just be like well we have to suspend you now sorry somebody said you pushed them down the stairs and we even though we have no evidence of it or they'll do the opposite they'll have overwhelming evidence and then they're terrible with it Mm -hmm. like we talk about ray rice all the time but they had like hard evidence there was no questions no ambiguity no uncertainty they literally had like hard evidence which was a video of everything that happened and they were like we're just going to suspend him for two games so it would be nice for the nfl in general to shape up and cut the fat on a lot of this stuff and start putting in policies and procedures that one they stick to all the time don't just pick and choose when you want to be hard asses on these these situations do the same thing every single time regardless of the severity if you want to use that word of the situation like handle the situation the same way every time and then you can impose sanctions or suspensions or whatever you choose to once you've actually gone through and done an investigation. Which takes us into NFL ratings. I mean, I feel like I read an article, maybe it was this one, that said it's been, I mean, low for the last four or five years. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a Thursday night game. It's the first game of the season. It's generally the people who won the Super Bowl, or it's, I don't know, it's always Patriots or Cowboys. Like, no one gives a fuck. Like, it doesn't really bother me or, like, give me pause to see that they had low ratings. But at least for this season, I could probably think of a couple of things that have kept people from that. Whether or not it's a Kaepernick thing, I don't really think it is. I just think that there's, you know, three huge hurricanes that are, like, pillaging the Caribbean and the South East. And I also think that just the political climate in general, at least for me, it doesn't excite me or, like give me any hope or I don't even know to like care about football that's so trivial for like four months when all this other shit is going on like you you're seeing like cities being burned and people being like racially targeted and all of this stuff with our president and then it's like oh yeah football season like who gives a fuck man (laughs) like who cares like and I hate saying that you know being 
whatever, like knowing that I that I like sports and all that stuff. But it's just kind of like, I just don't care. There's too many things happening that I care more about. Yeah, I've mentioned before that it takes me a while to to care about football already. Like it's just these last few years, I'm like, I, I don't have it. Mm-hmm. And I do like players like I like Von Miller a lot. So sometimes if I see like, oh, the Broncos might be playing like Sunday night, you know, I can turn the game on in the background and do other things or like try to check out maybe like the pregame stuff because a lot of times they'll do like spotlights on certain people, you know, just a couple of other players that I do like and try to keep up with what they're doing. But I'm not attached to any teams. So that just makes it even easier for me to be like, yeah cool I'll I'll look at the the standings or maybe see what's coming on but I don't know I it's just it was interesting to read that I think it was a New York Post article just saying like over the last couple years like you mentioned the ratings have been going down on like the opening nights but I know that Thursday nights are usually like the least popular night anyway I do appreciate seeing other protests and you know, other players stepping up and speaking out. And even though Kaepernick hasn't been signed and he probably never will be signed, I still think he started something great and I appreciate all the work he's done. I'm going to remember that next time there's a protest and I chicken out. I'm going to remember that he was willing to lose his million dollar career for this. So if you guys want to support Go to I'mWithCap.com. Yeah, get, your get a t-shirt. That's, cool. That's what I got to do. I got yeah. I told myself my next pay period. Okay, you want to talk about Michael Bennett? <sighs> Not really, but... <laughs> we don't have to. <laughs> I mean, I... You know, I, oh, I, I want to talk about it, like, but it's yeah. like... It's sad. It's really fucking sad. Um, So did Michael Bennett post it? Because I only saw it on Colin Kaepernick's. Yeah. How I um, initially saw it was I was on Twitter and Jamel Hill reposted the tweet. So if you're living under a rock, (laughs) Michael Bennett plays for Seattle Seahawks, I believe. He, I don't know what his position is, but I know of him. I know he does a lot of stuff like in the community, particularly in the black community. I can read some (laughs) of it. Carry Um, on. Yeah. And so just to give the background before you start. um, So he was at the Mayweather McGregor fight and said that as he was heading back to his hotel after the fight, you know, there were, he, he was in a crowd of people and gunshots rang out, what sounded like gunshots ringing out. And everyone, of course, was freaked out and started running. And apparently he was targeted by police and kind of just endured a really unfortunate situation um, where he was tackled. And if you want to read some of his uh, words, we could do that. That was basically it. It says Las Vegas police officers singled me out and pointed their guns at me for doing nothing more than simply being a black man in the wrong place at the wrong time. A police officer ordered me to get on the ground. As I laid on the ground, complying with his commands to not move, he placed his gun near my head and warned me that if I moved, he would blow my fucking head off. Terrified and confused by what was taking place, a second officer came over and forcibly jammed his knee into my back, making it difficult for me to breathe. They then clenched the handcuffs on my wrists so tight that my fingers went numb. 
The officer's excessive use of force was unbearable. I felt helpless as I lay there on the ground, handcuffed, facing the real-life threat of being killed. All I could think of was, I'm going to die for no other reason than I am black and my skin color is somehow a threat. My life flashed before my eyes as I thought of my girls. Would I ever play with them again or watch them have kids or be able to kiss my wife again and tell her I love her? I kept asking the officers, what did I do? And reminding them that I had rights they were duty-bound to respect. The officers ignored my pleas and instead told me to shut up and then took me to the back of a nearby police car where I sat for what felt like an eternity until they apparently realized that I was not a thug or ordinary black man but Michael Bennett, a famous football player. After confirming my identity, I was ultimately released without any legitimate justification for the officer's abusive conduct. So... It looks like his name and his status as an NFL player were the only things that saved him, which is completely unfortunate because those officers, even in that action of letting him go, just knowing that he was a football player, that was a very selfish act of them to do because they didn't want to be those guys or they wanted to be the ones that, you know, did did right by Michael Bennett. They thought that they could probably spin the story in their favor. They didn't do it to help him. So yeah, they did it because they were like, shit, this is a famous person. First of all, famous person. So he's already going to have a voice, a platform. And they probably were like, fuck, this guy is very outspoken, like, and has always been that way. So I'm sure they knew, like, we have got to just go ahead and let his ass go before this gets any worse than it already is. And of course, he said that he's going to speak with like a lawyer and press charges against them because they completely like profiled and targeted him and then not even like further than that they were abusive to him and really forceful with him you know they didn't have any justifications for taking him down except for they were just like we heard gunshots and you're black you're a big black man so let's go ahead and arrest you yeah and I the only complaint I have as far as this letter is concerned is that their badge numbers are not on here and I understand his situation like how are you going to remember that when all this stuff is going on but I just wish we had a way to just drag these people (laughs) while this was all happening but I saw something that said activists were like they are looking to do everything in their power people are working hard to expose these these officers that were involved in this terrible situation and i also saw there's been a lot of actual back and forth drama um, furthermore tying into the nfl because uh the police department so like the las vegas police department actually like responded back to a letter that was released by the nfl where they were just kind of like you know we're going to be looking into this situation um not in terms of like investigating michael bennett in any way but like kind of calling on the las vegas police department to like do something about this because this is ridiculous and the police department responded back like no you guys need to investigate michael Bennett like they were basically telling the NFL like we're disappointed that you're you know singling us out blah 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 blah, all this stuff and the NFL literally responded like we have no reason to investigate him so slight kudos to the NFL (laughs) on that aspect for actually like stepping up and doing something so Comey homie says my god I hope there are tapes (laughs) <laughs> yes. I saw a picture. Where is James? <laughs> I saw a picture of him. My dad watches Sunday morning every Sunday, and we were watching it, and there was like a picture of him, and I was like, oh. 
I think he got hired by like Howard or something. I thought Jesus. I saw like Howard University. He just like went. Like, yeah. Complete. I don't. Oh, I'll have to look it up. Maybe next for the next episode, I'll I'll try to remember to come back with a James Comey update. Fixes. Uh, we don't I, have a big one. I was like, did I have a fix? Like, <laughs> in the I meantime, we're gonna call these. I just decided in the car. You could tell me if you like it. Our quick fix. So if we have really short episodes, it'll be our quick fix. Oh, I do like that. Yeah. So a quick fix number one. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. We had our late episode last week, and then I'm going to a good friend's wedding in San Francisco in this coming weekend. So we're going to be taking a little vacation off. So we will be back Tuesday, September 26th. So what's your fix? My fix is Sloan Stevens. So Sloan Stevens is a 24-year-old American, black American tennis player. And she just won her first Grand Slam major at the U.S. Open yesterday. She beat Madison Keys 6-3-6-0, which is crazy to shut somebody out. She was ranked like 957th in the world because she had a couple surgeries in the last year. And she was literally in like a boot from surgery. And I think it was I saw a tweet earlier today in February And here we are in September, and she came back from all that adversity and ended up winning her first championship. And it was just so awesome uh, to see, you know, we had the absence of Serena Williams because she just had her first child, which is really exciting. But it's very weird to watch tennis without her being there because she's been a part of the game for almost 20 years now. So it's very weird not seeing her there, but to see Sloane Stevens. Um, just kick ass and take names in the final was super, super awesome. And it was just a really enjoyable experience to enjoy that uh, championship match. I was happy, really happy for her. So congrats to Sloan Stevens. And I'm going to miss the U.S. Open. It ends today. I don't know what I'm going to do after this. You need to save up and go to one. It's so expensive, But you Sam. can do it. God, no. Can't you go tennis, to one match? Tennis is like... It really is for rich people. And I'm glad you said that because after Sloan ended up winning, the commentators were like talking about how beautiful it was to see like diverse tennis and like tennis was always like a young, rich, white people sports. And so it was cool. They mentioned like, it's just so nice to see that you don't have to be like a millionaire to put your kids into sports. The sport is accessible for everyone. But yeah, I'd love to go. I'd love to go to the US Open. Your fix? My fix is it. <laughs> oh, I was I, like, mm, I don't know that. No, I haven't stopped thinking about it since I saw it on Friday. It was such a good movie. Like, in general, as a movie, it was phenomenal. But then on top of that, you had really good just horror. You had, you know, jump scares that weren't cheap. You had a good storyline. You had really vivid imagery that was like genuinely terrifying and I'm not afraid of clowns so I didn't like cover my eyes at any point except for maybe two times there I was like staring at it as it was happening and I was like looking directly at the monsters and then at one point like seconds later I had to cover my eyes I'm like I can't keep looking at it like it's crazy so it was really cool um Pennywise was so so good it was the perfect mix of like like you 
almost believed him when he was trying to like lure you in. Um, but he was terrifying. The kids were hilarious and really good actors. Um, so the next day I picked up the book and I started reading it. So I'm really excited to see where it goes. Um, yeah, I can't wait for the next movie. So, I'm glad yeah. that brought you joy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, go, if you like horror, whatever, go see it. It was worth it. If you want to go, email us at thefixpot@gmail.com, and I'll go with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that would be fun. Yeah. A fix it, fix it movie meetup. Whoa, <laughs> fix it movies. Because you'll be meeting up with Sam and Sam only, but <laughs> I'll meet you guys after for drinks. Yeah. <laughs> there were maybe three movies, it included, where I felt, no, four, this past year that I felt like held up to the hype and were great. It was Don't Breathe, which is more suspenseful than it is horror because it's about that blind military guy and these kids that rob his house and them trying to get out. Um, there's oh. one called... Um, that was called Lights Out. That was actually pretty good. But once you saw the monster at the end or the ghost at the end, it was kind of cheap. But the jump scares <laughs> in that were pretty good. Get Out, of course, was great. And then It. So. Oh, yeah. Wow. Get Out was this year? Mm-hmm. The very first scene in It, Tatum, like, pulled up her sweater. She's like, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> like, she like, got her thing up. But it was funny because, like, the story was so good that things were happening in it. And then the clown would pop up. And you're like, Oh, I forgot that this was a movie about a clown because this other part was so good. It was yeah. like a girl fighting with her dad. And when he popped up and everyone was like, oh, shit. And then this girl behind us was like, oh, like cause she was so frustrated that it kept like scaring her. It was perfect. I can't yeah. wait to see it again. I can't wait. I'm not, awesome. I haven't been like so like delightfully scared in a very long time. So I wish I could get into that because it seems like a great. Like, I feel like it would be fun if I could just get past it, but I can't. All right. So that wraps up our quick fix this week. We'll, again, we'll be back September 26th. So enjoy your vacation while we vacation. Wow. So far from now. I know. Gonna miss you guys. Well, you can find us everywhere at thefixpod at gmail.com. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can contact us at thefixpod at gmail.com with anything, questions, comments, concerns, whatever, shout outs. We want to hear from you. Otherwise, we will talk to you in two weeks. And make sure you watch Insecure. We'll have a huge oh, ass yeah. update Ooh. on it tonight. Or not tonight. Well, in two, in two weeks. weeks. <laughs> after we die, yeah, yeah. After we watch it tonight. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Next, The next episode is going to be straight up called Insecure. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Bye. All right. Bye.